In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I am Kimberly Lewis, your host, and my goal is to make you aware of the best leadership practices, leadership trends, and thoughts around leadership. We also talk about the business issues that leaders need to be aware of in order to lead their businesses successfully in today's global marketplace. And what we're going to talk today about is about leadership and some very, very important aspects of leadership. Now, we have listeners from all over the globe, and I would like to welcome them. So wherever you're listening from, a good morning, a good afternoon, and a good evening to you. And what's this series about? Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we have talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance and generational management, as well as business values that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please download this series and listen to us weekly. You can listen to great advice, leadership success stories that you can learn from, stories that can motivate you, stimulate you, give you new ideas, and possibly even be the key to your success. I invite you to contact me. Send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Connect with me on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And tell me what you want to hear about. I would love to hear from you, so please drop me a line. If you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week And we will make sure that you take away something useful for your business or yourself. Now, on to what we're going to talk about today. We all have our own values. But when we are in a collective, we may experience that our values may differ slightly from others, even if we share the same core values. But despite these individual differences, it's important for companies to form collective values that can be shared and communicated to their employees and customers. And many companies do this and do a great job. But many companies also fall short. They may identify what they consider their values. They may work these values into their vision statement. Into They may paste them on the walls in their office. They're in their core training. But unless these values are lived, they're actually worthless. They need to be lived and lived by everyone beginning with the leaders in the organization. Years ago, I think we were all confused about values. We only related values to companies such as Greenpeace, uh, who just communicated their values to us. But today we know that core values need to be part of every company and organization. Sometimes companies make their values easily recognizable. A couple of my favorites are Whole Foods and Build-A-Bear. And other times, companies get themselves into situations where the customer and the employee question their values. Now, you could take a look at Volkswagen Group. Their scandal on emissions made me, a longtime VW fan, 
question the values of the company. I mean, I asked myself, didn't they care about me as a customer? Don't they care about quality products? And what about the environment? Now, I don't want to pick on Volkswagen because I live part-time in Germany, because we have a lot of those examples over the last few years. And what it comes down to is it makes us realize how critical values and true leadership is. And that's what we're going to talk about. And we have an expert guest today on values and true leadership. Our guest today is Dr. Jeffrey E. Thompson. He is Executive Advisor and Chief Executive Officer Emeritus at Gunderson Health System. He served at Gunderson's he served as Gunderson's Chief Executive Officer from 2001 to 2016. Dr. Thompson has always had a desire to care for patients and to teach. He has played key roles in designing Gunderson's organizational governances, culture development and community focus. A founding member and past board chair of both the Wisconsin Collaborative for Healthcare Quality and the About Health Network, and a White House champion of change, Dr. Thompson has led Gunderson's nationally recognized initiatives for patient care, quality improvement, and sustainability. Gunderson is one of the health grades Americans. 50 best hospitals and has been highlighted by news organizations and health systems across the country. Dr. Thompson received his medical training at the University of Wisconsin-Madison Medical School, University of California Davis, and Upstate Medical Center at Syracuse, New York. Dr. Thompson is the author of the values-based leadership book called Lead True. And he has authored and been featured in many articles, book chapters, and abstracts on healthcare, leadership, and sustainability topics. Welcome to the show, Dr. Thompson. And if you don't mind, I will call you Jeff from now on. Oh, that'd be great. Thanks, Kimberly. I appreciate the invitation and uh, I look forward to our uh, conversation uh, about this and hope uh, uh, the listeners uh, can come away with uh, a few insights on uh, how to lead uh, in their in their organizations going forward. Yeah. So before before we get into values in a little bit, I just um I want to ask you a, a question because it's I found it quite interesting when we got in contact because you think many of us don't think about. Um, healthcare systems and and we don't relate healthcare medical with leadership but of course when you start to think about it there has to be some of the strongest leadership in in that industry and what made you develop this passion in in the healthcare industry for leadership or have you ever have had you had that for a long time or did you develop it over the years well i think uh, you're your surprise is not uh, too outside the ordinary. Um, healthcare is not always led so well, and there's a lot of doctors who are strong doctors, but not very good leaders. But healthcare has a great deal of influence. And uh, as I moved through my growing up, uh, my mom was a very quiet, humble uh, church secretary, but led thoughtfully and consistently and accomplished great things uh, through the faith community, through service clubs, through college. Uh, part of it was just seeing things that I thought could be done better and and wanting to change that. And once you get some success doing that, you you keep doing that and you figure out that by developing partnerships with other people of similar values, you can get you can get a lot done. 
Uh, I think healthcare organizations have a real opportunity. There's a large group of us now in the States that's put together a health anchor network that just said, we have a responsibility to lead on, on diverse hiring, on local sourcing, on, on sustainability. So we, we have, um, are trying to rise up and take that responsibility that we always haven't done so well in the past. Mm-hmm. And when you that that's really interesting because I thought that I was probably quite unusual not to relate leadership in healthcare, but yeah. um, um, but and I've read I've read a lot of your articles and um, I'd like to jump with that as one of your your passions about leadership is values. Okay, and for our listeners, could you just speak a little bit about how critical values are in leadership? I think uh, all of us have seen leaders who who seem to be very smart or very capable or even um, very charismatic, but if their values start swaying from one direction to another, it's very difficult for staff to follow. It's very difficult for the organization to stay healthy. Without Without that compass, without that clear internal compass that guides behaviors and actions consistently, it's hard for an organization to keep going in the right mm-hmm. direction. It's hard for the staff to be inspired. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I can I can relate to that very much. You see that a lot. And um, I liked your analogy of swaying back and forth. So uh, we've seen that. We see that a lot of times with leaders. We see a lot of times with companies. And um, that has to do with the basis of values. I mean, there has to be some kind of basis for these values. And, and you talk about um, the pillars of values in your writings. Could you, and you talk, could you tell me about those pillars that form that basis? Well, I, I, I think it is important to have a basis. And some people draw, draw from their faith background. Uh, some people draw it from their education. Some people from their family, their experiences. But but to to have a a fundamental set of characteristics, and I think it's very important to be clear and open and transparent uh, about that, so people aren't guessing what might what might be mm-hmm. the direction we're going. What you need is something. So in the middle of the night, the housekeeping people, the nurses, the doctors, the manufacturing plant um, uh, administrator, the staffer in a government, they know where the important fences are, and they know how to stay in between. So then you unleash them to really use all their talents if, if it is clear that we're serving a greater good, that the well-being of the public is, is the highest uh, priority, that treating everyone with respect is a consistent approach we have. If people know that, then they can use their own brains and talents. I, I mean, I started in healthcare as a janitor at a hospital. Um, while I was in college, I, I could do a lot of things for the organization as long as I knew what the priorities of the organization were. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, what I'm hearing from you also, consistency is is really, really important if you want to communicate value, values, is get a consistent message out there and, and not swaying back and forth where, you know, telling your employees one thing one day and then something else the other day. That, well, is and that, living them. Oh, you got to live them. Mm-hmm. The consistency yeah. is exactly right between your mm-hmm. language and and how you behave. And people will will relate to that. They've they've seen 
they've been in organizations where something's written on the wall and on the web pages, mm-hmm. but the senior people behave in a remarkably different way. That that causes a lot of confusion, a lot of problems, and frankly, uh, is uh, terribly inefficient. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the walk the walk, talk the talk type thing. Only right. yes. Only. So let me let me ask you. You talk about um, three aspects um, of values. You talk about uh, courage, durability, and um, discipline. And I just like to to start with one of those first. And I'm kind of go backwards. I like to start with um, the critical element of discipline. What what is what? How does that contribute to to values? I think discipline is is very important. If if you you might have all the courage in the world, but if you don't have discipline to follow through in a consistent fashion, um, think of organizations uh, that uh, have have a code of conduct, which I which I recommend for organizations. Be transparent. Write down what is the organization going to deliver. What will the individual have to deliver to the organization? But if the code of conduct is only lived by the mid and, and, and lower paid individuals, and the senior people can sometimes do it and sometimes not, mm-hmm. that causes all kinds of disruption. The discipline, the discipline to live those values consistently, regardless of the title, regardless of the background, regardless of whether they're wealthy or not, or where they went to school or all those things, that discipline has enormous value for the organization. Then the staff know what to do. They become more efficient. Uh, Stephen Cuddy's, uh, Covey's speed of trust will talk mm-hmm. about how much better organization you are if you do that. The community knows what kind of business you are, what kind of education institution you are. They, they will know whether they can be your partner or not. Very mm-hmm. important to have this discipline. Yeah, and that and that's somewhat related to the consistency, of course, the discipline, the yes. consistency of discipline. And let me let me ask you about the second pillar that we talked about. Uh, you talk about, and that's durability. Um, wh- how does that contribute to values? Well, regardless of 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 how um, courageous you are and how hard you want to stay with it, there's going to be headwinds, and sometimes mm-hmm. big uh, headwinds. Uh, we. We, we had in the book, there's a very bad behaving neurosurgeon very hard to recruit. We had to have the discipline to say, here's, here's our guidelines and how we're going to treat people. You're outside that boundary. And if you won't try to get better, you, you know, you're going to lose your job. Well, mm-hmm. he was putting millions of dollars on the books. But this is a matter of discipline. And once we made the decision, nope, you aren't going to be able to survive here. Then it's durability because, oh, my goodness, in the department, in the call schedules, uh, rescheduling patients. Well, boy, such a firestorm of problems. But for the long term, it was much better. But, boy, mm-hmm. you had to weather a big storm in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we're in this economy weathering a lot of big storms, too. So that is a really important aspect of, of leadership. And it does, I can understand how that relates to relates to the values. So, um, Jeff, we're going to we're going to take a break in a minute, and when we come back, I'd really like to dive into your your third your first pillar, but we're going to it last um, about courage, and we can talk about leadership and courage when we come back. So, thank uh, to our listeners, we are talking to Dr. Jeffrey Thompson, and we're going to take a short break. And if you want to get in touch with Dr. Thompson, you can reach him at on Twitter at Jeff Thompson and on LinkedIn under Jeff 
Thompson MD, and at Twitter is Jeff Thompson MD also. And I am Kimberly Lewis, your host and CEO, leadership and leadership and business expert. You can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group at Leadership Beyond Borders. And we will be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Having a lawyer in your court is always a good idea. Each week, Wagner and Winnick on the Law helps you sort out the legal issues and questions in a forum with judges, lawyers, and policy experts, answering your questions and discussing your personal rights within the legal system. Law School Dean Mitchell Winnick, along with law professor Stephen Wagner, will discuss the sometimes ever-changing laws and policies to keep you in the know. Listen every Thursday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern, on Voice America Business. If you don't know the law, know a lawyer. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. I am your host, Kimberly Lewis. And today we're talking about How to Lead True, which is the name of the book by Dr. Jeffrey Thompson, and he is the executive advisor and chief executive officer, officer emeritus at Gunderson Health System. And before the break, we talked about a little bit about your history, Jeff, and then um, a little bit about some of the the pillars for values. We talked about durability and um, a little bit about consistency and discipline. And you place a lot of emphasis on the pillar of courage and I'd like to talk to you about that what do you mean by what is courage in leadership well thanks Kimberly I I think uh, courage is a very and uh, key piece in trying to 
to implement your uh, values. Aristotle thought it was the, the, the first virtue because, of course, all, all things can flow from that if you have enough courage to stand up there. My, my, my key learning there is that uh, courage gets confused often, and, and sometimes people think it's being fearless or having the absence of fear, but, but it's really not. It's, it's making decisions in the face of fear consistent with your values. And many of us, uh, of course, day in and day out have, have opportunities where things might not look uh, uh, very easy uh, going forward for us, but, but we choose, we choose uh, to take that on without that. In the book, I have a number of examples where, as an organization, you can show courage. We took 25% of our savings that we'd accumulated over 100 years to save a company in town that was growing rapidly and was really important to the health of the community. We said this is the right thing for a healthcare organization to do to save the health and well-being of the community. We took on uh, the child abuse, the National Child Abuse uh, Prevention Center when nobody else would take it on because they're afraid being associated, you know, what if something went badly and a child was injured and the and the press around child abuse is so scary. Mm. So we we took that on as an organization and of course individuals face things constantly on whether they follow their values or take an easier short-term peace. So I think the courage, you, you, you have to respect the fur, fear, you lean into the fear, but you don't let fear make your decisions for you. Mm-hmm. I think that is a, a perfect example because people do confuse, um, f- confuse fear and courage and confuse fearlessness and courage. And leaders, if you were talking to a leader and I'm talking to a leader today, how would you recommend to them that they could deal better with fear and step up and be more courageous? Do you have any suggestions on how they could do that? Yes, I think, I think uh, it, is, it is, first of all, it's not easy. It's one of the reasons why in the book I put all these different stories in there because it's mm-hmm. people from all different walks of life because it's not, it is not easy at all. I think having clarity on what the values are in an organization. Mm-hmm. So we go back to that. If you want to give your staff courage to decide and make things, having clarity within your department, within your division, with across your organization, if you can accomplish that, here's what our values are. Here's where our goals need to take us. That gives people a backing that they can lean back on and said, no, no, our, our goals are facing on the health and well-being of the community, and that's why I'm making these decisions. Our goals are for the long term, not the short term. That's why I'm making these decisions. So if you, if you set people up with a decent structure around them, it gives them more freedom. It's something people don't understand mm-hmm. often, but structure can allow people to be more innovative and have more freedom if it's structure around, here's our values, here's how we're going to treat each other, and here's where we're going, and then unleash them to be their creative selves. Mm-hmm. On the st- can I take that a step further? Yes. On, um, that, is, that is often very easily said than, you know, easier to, you know, said than done, okay? Sure. Especially when Especially when you're cascading things down, cascading values down in a, a large organization. Um, is there any tips to leaders on how they can better cascade that down and how they can better communicate that and make that, make it clearer? 
Well, you are you are a hundred percent right. Um, uh, first, we'll go back to what we said. The leaders have to be clear about what it is and have to live it. If the leaders aren't living it, then you might as well stop trying to cascade it because the staff know what's going on and they're just going to ignore it. Then, then I think you have to be um, be cognizant that the staff have multiple ways of taking information in. Um, the chain of command is often the weak link in, right. in communication. So we would say, here's our responsibilities in organization. We will put it online. We will email it to you and we will we'll put it out at your staff meetings. And you, as an employee, you have a responsibility. Mm-hmm. You have to access one of those three areas. You can mm-hmm. never say, nobody told me, if we put it in one of those areas, because you you have a responsibility, we have a responsibility, and then and then something very key, at, at from eight to nine every morning in our organization, the senior most staff had to get out of their desks, leave their cubies, and go out into the area where the staff really worked, so that they would get a better feel of what the real work was. They would have a better moral imperative burned into them about what the frontline work was really being done. And they'd say, oh, I'm too busy. I have meetings. And I said, there's no more important meeting than with the staff that were actually building the equipment, teaching in the schools, touching the patients. So, So get the senior people, get connected, have multiple ways of, um, of communication, and then have your, your CEO, your senior vice presidents actually go out and speak and have question and answer sessions in, with the front lines that can be videoed around uh, dispersed organizations, but make it real to people and show you're committed to them truly understanding isn't isn't that making it isn't that a value in itself making ownership um for each level really you know pushing ownership for each level which i consider also a value and making sure that everyone owns owns this these values of the company and this message of the company um it kind of goes with the discipline it kind of goes with ownership and i see that as as very very important also um Jeff, can we talk a little bit, and when you talk about ownership, when we talk about cascading this down, um, we're living in a time today, uh, and I came from private equity, okay, um, where short-term goals versus long-term goals sometimes make our values not as clear as they should be, or they kind of fog them up a little bit. Um, can you talk about long-term versus short-term goals and, and how they play into the values that you're trying to communicate? Well, that's that's very insightful, and I think it is a, a huge problem. In fact, I was speaking at a national meeting not long ago, and someone said, well, values are a clear thing, but what's the next biggest thing that we need to change in thinking and in business and politics, and 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 that's what I said. I said we have to have long-term goals. Uh, short-term goals are often circled around egos and finances. Um, long-term goals, long-term goals. If you want to build an organization for the future, if you want to build a team of five or five hundred or five thousand, start setting long-term goals that people can get inspired about. So think: do, Are you inspired about? raising the operating margin for your organization 0.2% next quarter or improving the health and well-being of communities, delivering a service that improves the lives of, of uh, those using your product, improving the well-being of, 
of people in your education organization for the next decade. Long-term goals will help you recruit and inspire a different caliber of individuals. Again, I'm not saying this is easy, but by Mm -hmm. setting those long-term goals, you have to have discipline to have short-term goals, but in our organization, finances were, were a tool. It was never the goal. Do we have to hit some marks? Sure. Do we have to have savings? Yes. They were. But it was a tool to accomplish the long-term goal. So I could get the brightest and best coming out of medical schools, nursing schools, pharmacy schools, business schools to say, you want to be a part of something great that you're going to tell your grandchildren we accomplish great things rather than, yeah, that one quarter, we got a 1% increase in our margin. Mm-hmm. If you want yeah. to inspire them, you can, you can do that, but it takes long-term thinking. Mm-hmm. And I think we're, I'm going to come to that again um, a little bit later because I want to talk about that, uh, that aspect as far as attracting talent. But when you're talking about goals, I've, I've, you're the first person from the health industry I've had on my show. And I have a question that I have to ask you because I, it's just such an amazing question for me. And it has to do about goals and team goals. Because when I look at, when I look at the medical industry, and I know that there were some, some studies done in Aston Business School in the UK um, by Michael West on real teams save lives. And when I think about teams, I think about the best teams in the world are in the health industry or the medical industry because they have to be. And I'd just like to hear your thoughts on that. And is there anything we can help the leaders out there learn about teams from the medical industry? Well, um, you're, you're right. We have some fabulous uh, teams and it's generally in smaller um, in smaller works, the United States is famous for spending an enormous amount of money on health care, but not having great health. It's because we focus on health care, not on the health of the population. Other mm-hmm. countries put their broad teams together to focus on health. Finland, Costa Rica, we have, we have no national health goals in the United States. And so despite spending all this money, and this is a good model for small organizations or teams, we spend more money than anybody else by, by a ton, and yet we don't have the best health outcomes. It's because our team is not set up for long-term goals of health. When you get down into the smaller groups, it is very important. I, I mentioned Covey early on about the speed of trust. You, you, within a team, if everybody knows where you're going, they know the roles, and they respect the diversity of abilities, the diversity of backgrounds, a group of only doctors trying to take care of a big trauma scene is a mess. They don't get it done. They mm-hmm. don't get it done. We need people with other training. We need the IT people to have a backbone for us. We have nurses that can do special things in anesthesia. We need all these different people, pharmacists, that can help us accomplish things um, as a group that's stronger. So diversity on a team is, is very important. Clarity of what our goal is and, and um, will add to our ability to build teams that, in fact, do save lives if they're functioning well. If they're functioning poorly, uh, then the patient does poorly. 
Mm-hmm. And and that's what I think about when I think about the the studies that I've read and and the medical industry. You, we we as leaders can learn a lot because your team on the lower level, okay. I'm not talking about on the on the wide health care yes. healthcare level, okay. On the lower level, you have to have that diversity in your teams, and you have a common goal, okay. And your common goal is clear. And in business, sometimes you don't have that diversity, and the common goal is not clear. So I think there's a lot that we can learn as leaders from examining the lo- the teams at the lower level within the healthcare system. And, you know, my question would be then how come that can't be replicated on, on the larger scale, for example, in the United States? And I live in Germany and, um, you know, we have a really good healthcare system that is very preventative, okay? Um, and I think that maybe replicating your own models w- within the healthcare industry in the United States uh, could could help improve that also and improve the healthcare system. Um, I don't know if you have any comments on that. <laughs> oh, well, actually, I do. I um, I think one of the odd things in the United States is the scientists across the United States learn from people all around the world. We look at yeah. at, at Germany, what you mentioned, and and Great Britain and South America and Asia. And there's a, m- smart people all over the world. Right. We, we get political leaders that get all wrapped around uh, themselves saying, well, we can't learn from any of their, their Europeans. Well, <laughs> actually, all of us in healthcare know we can learn a ton from the Europeans and many other people around the world. And so you're right. We, we should be able to expand that model. We should be, and we have examples of it. There, there are those of us, the Gunderson Health System, um, um, Kaiser, there's a variety mm-hmm. of places that are doing some great work and markedly improving the health of the community, uh, despite the rather odd system we yeah. have otherwise. <laughs> well, uh, but I mean, just bring it back to the point. I mean, I, I kind of went off the track a little bit there, but I think as as leaders, um, I would encourage other leaders listening is to really look at how how diverse and and how well teams work in the medical because they're fantastic examples of having diversity and having a common goal. And um, we're going to take a break. uh, And when we come back, I'd just like to talk to you about values and how you can attract and retain talent with values. And for our listeners, we are talking to uh, Dr. Jeffrey Thompson. And uh, Dr. Thompson is the Executive Advisor and Chief Executive Officer Emeritus at Gunderson Health System. He is also the author of Lead True, published by Forbes Books and is available on Amazon and online. And Dr. Thompson can be reached at Twitter on at Jeff Thompson MD and on LinkedIn under Jeff Thompson MD. And with that, we'll be right back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Redis is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders, one of Voice America's business channel's rapidly growing series. And we're looking at global leadership and business issues. I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, and we are talking with Dr. Jeffrey Thompson, Executive Advisor and Chief Executive Officer Emeritus at Gunderson Health System. And he is the author of Lead True, published by Forbes Books and available online on Amazon. And... Jeff, um, we've been covering a lot of subjects here, and I'd like to I'd like to kind of roll back a little bit and um, talk about how companies can use their values to attract and retain talent. Because it you know the workplace is so competitive today, and bright people have so many choices. So how can we use values to attract and retain talent? You're um, 100% right. Uh, this generation of uh, kids coming out are smart and capable, and and some uh, old people uh, want 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 to complain that the, uh, they don't fall in line or they they don't want to work as hard. And I I don't think that's true at all. Um, I think there's a distribution uh, in in the millennials and Gen Xs just like every other place. And part of the problem is us. Part of the problem is organizations with with short-term, inwardly focused goals aren't very inspirational to them. We, we have to set bigger goals that look outside at the, at the rest of the world. Uh, millennials want to know that you're actually going to live those values on the wall, not, not just uh, parade them out when it seems to be convenient. They want to know that the old people at the top and the middle people, they, they actually do what they say they're going to do. And you know, that's terrible. That's actually not unfair. That's mm-hmm. perfectly fair. And and we have many examples of of things that that are around healthcare that really inspire these individuals and have helped us uh, recruit uh, uh, really the brightest and the best. 
And this generation that's coming out now, I'm the, the millennial or the second wave millennial generation and the generation Z who's just coming out now. They're also they're also very, very interested in in environment and community. Um, and the you're, those belong to values also. I mean, how can you integrate better um, things such as in the environment and, and reach out to the community into your values for the companies listening? So we, we, we decided that uh, if we're really going to take care of so many companies, healthcare and education, local government, say, well, we're here about the health and well-being of the community, right? Uh, and mostly, sometimes they are and sometimes they aren't. But we really did that. So you bring up the environment. We said we're a healthcare organization. The pollution from our energy production from that we get off the grid uh, causes people to be sick. We're a healthcare organization. We shouldn't make people sick. And so we measured it. So we had the courage to actually measure what we're doing. And then the discipline to follow through and say, this is not good. We're putting hundreds of thousands of kilograms of pollutants into the atmosphere every year uh, because mm. of our our energy and our and our use, and we changed that in eight years. We we went from a big polluter to 98 percent less greenhouse gases and pollutants going into the atmosphere. When which is congratulations, which, <laughs> and we make money on that, yeah. and and we improve our local economy. So the the people that were saying, oh no, you can only do one or the other, that that's just not true. So that was part of our innovation. But we said, here's our values. Here's our long-term goals, improve the economy, lower our pollution, improve the bottom line of the healthcare organization. We did all those things. And now we have kids coming out of school who are accountants, who are radiologists, um, who say, you know, um, I, I have options at, at this university, that university. I'm coming to Gunderson. Why am I coming here? Because you are living your Values you are actually improving the health and well-being of the community by your environmental stance, mm-hmm. and that is so important for this generation. I mean, it should be important for all of us, but I don't think in in you know Generation Xers and um, baby boomers we didn't always think about that uh, as a prior as one of our choices. You know, a priority to make a choice, um, but the new generation does. And once you, that's really good. I congratulate you because I'm quite an environmentalist myself. And I congratulate you on your efforts and Gunderson on their efforts. And um, when, so you're getting, you're attracting these, these young talent. And you talk about retaining them and you talk um, about a nine box session um, to help retain them. Can you explain that? Sure. Um, I, I think... Uh, Getting, getting talent is uh, hard enough, retaining them and keeping them inspired mm-hmm. and, and having an environment, that's really so important. What you want is, is not them uh, giving 80% of their, their abilities uh, just so they can stay employed. You want the 100 or 120% so they're really using their amazing talents. And one of the biggest inhibitors to that is marginal or inconsistent leadership uh, development and behavior. So to do that, we borrowed from General Electric this, this system that's used in many places, but a, a system of, of evaluating performance and potential. And what we did with it, a lot of people do that, you know, you get, you're at the top of performance and your potential's growing, so you get in the middle there. Um, what we did is we put 
all the vice presidents together. And they talked about all their managers and directors with everybody else there. And so you might get scored out as high, high potential and high performance. And everybody says, oh, yeah, she's great. She's great. And then when I come up, my vice president says, oh, yeah, he's great, too. He does all these great things. And then everybody else at the table says, no, he isn't. He just sucks up to you because you're going to grade him. The rest of us, he treats like crap. He never responds. He doesn't work well on teams, blah, blah, blah. He, has, he may have a lot of potential, but his performance, it's not so good. And then at the end of going through all the managers and directors, we have a consistent approach to people. And then me, as the CEO, turns to all the vice presidents and say, your job now, your job is not to just rate them. Your job is to build them. Mm-hmm. Holding people accountable is, is a baseline function. Being responsible for their growth, that's what a great organization does. So all the vice presidents are responsible for all the directors and managers' growth. You can do this in small teams, in bigger groups, or a whole organization. But it is a responsibility to build people consistent with the values in the organization rather than just checking a box and saying, well, did she do this and did she do that and did she do that? This is a much more sophisticated way but it builds great people. And if you're a millennial, if you're a, a rising Gen Xer who are doing great work, you, you want to feel like multiple people care about your health and well-being. And all that is consistent with building towards this greater goal in the organization. Mm-hmm. That's a fantastic approach because um, then you gather in the different opinions of everybody and you can really have a truer evaluation and then you give the ownership and the accountability back to to help them grow and help that person grow. Um, that's a, a, It's kind of like a 360 and a 360 with then a developmental plan on top of yes. it. So, yeah, yes. really, really, really nice. And, and that, you know, that kind of goes with the fact that you're teaching them, you're, you're teaching them to, you're building them. And many leaders today are, are taught to serve and not lead. And is this a step in trying to, to switch that mentality? Well, it, well, it is. It is, is, um, it's a recognition that, that we, we have multiple accountabilities. Of course, we need to hit our marks. And we, you know, we were a healthcare organization, so we have to be safe and decrease infections and, and have drug safety and all these kinds of things. That has to be done. But, but you can, it's how you go about doing it. And if you have if you live a consistent set of values, if you work on the communication that you and I talked about uh, in the previous section, if you develop an environment that they say not only is going to improve the health and well-being of the community, but it's going to steadily improve them, then they'll have the courage to say, and I have a suggestion how we could be even better. Rather Mm -hmm. than just following directions, then they're starting to stand up or they say, you know, I'm willing to take this on and, and with some guidance, because I feel guidance rather than just scrutiny. If they mm-hmm. feel guidance, not just somebody checking boxes, then they're going to have more courage to move out and push it farther and, and say, I read about this place in Germany, or I saw these people in Japan that did these great things online. We should try modifying what we're doing to make it better. And that, mm-hmm. you get multiple people doing that, of different generations from different backgrounds and diversity, now now you're going to start building strong teams that can excel, not just putz along in mediocrity. 
And that really, that inspires people so much. You're absolutely right. So tell me a little bit, um, and I, you talk about that in your book. So do you want to give me a, give our audience and uh, listeners a, a couple words to summarize what your book, Lead True, is about? Well, the, well, the book um, is is a, a large collection of stories from healthcare, but but uh, education and business and industry, um, trying to say, how do you move from what we see a lot now, ego-based leadership or just financial-based leadership to a values-based leadership and convince them that you can compete and be very successful and uh, keep your soul. You, you, you don't have to drop into the gutter in behavior or just focus only on the finances. There are, we have many examples of amazing organizations that over the long haul have been able to succeed and compete, but they use finances and growth as mm-hmm. a tool to accomplish things, not as the prime goal. So there's, there's lots of evidence to do that and a, and a pathway. Here, here's what you can do for staff. Here's what communication could look like, just like the nine box that we spent some time going through. Here's some ways to build your staff. So that's what that's what the book tries to do is to inspire people and give them a path forward. And I've read the book and it's excellent. So I recommend to our listeners that, that you do read the book. And without giving away the entire book, I would like to ask you, Jeff, if you could, in closing, give three tips that would help leaders lead better and make their companies more sustainable in this changing global economy that we have. Do you have a couple tips for us? Yeah, so I, I guess I guess I would say um, uh, first, uh, of course, that um, that declare and build this culture that you consistently live around values and, and not get pushed around by the winds of minor opportunities, but 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 really be have enough courage to declare it and the discipline to follow through on on a, a culture of values. The second would be um, set bold, outward-facing goals improve the well-being of the community, improve the lives of your customers, do those things. The more internal focused you have, uh, the more less likely you're going to inspire uh, current or, or future uh, uh, staff. And then finally, focus on long-term goals. Uh, of course, we have to have short-term things to get us there, but focus long-term. It will inspire a broader group of staff. It will allow you to weather ups and downs uh, over time that always come. So I, I guess the, the values, the bold goals, and and the length of the goals would be, uh, would be my suggestions. Mm-hmm. Those are great tips, and uh, those are some of the things that we've talked about today. And with that, I would like to thank you so much, Jeff. It's been so great having you. I, with, you know, I could do another two hours discussion here with you because this is such a great subject. Um, and... For our listeners, we've been speaking with Jeffrey E. Thompson, Executive Director, Executive Advisor and Chief Executive Officer Emeritus at Gunderson Health System. He is also the author of Lead True, published by Forbes Books, and it's available online, and it's available on Amazon and I imagine most online channels. Jeff, is that right? That's absolutely true, and an audio. An audio and also an audio. And uh, if you want to reach out to Jeff, you can reach out at to Jeff on Twitter at, at Jeff Thompson MD and on LinkedIn under Jeff Thompson MD. So thank you very much, Jeff, and it's been a great show. 
So to wrap it up, company values are the core beliefs that a company structures itself around. It's really, I mean, what we talked about today, it's about how a company views the world and how they treat customers, employees, and it's about what they strive for. And the importance of company values can be seen in a number of different ways. They can help decision-making process. They can help inform customers. They can help support the community. And they also set a group of, they set expectations for both employees, customers. So many companies forget values. And I think what we've heard today is that you should not forget about values and you should lead with values. And that is the message that Jeff has given us today. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis. Uh, and at Global Business Therapy, my company, we also help you understand values and we help you learn how to cascade those values and how to live those values. We have systemic team coaching programs that we teach leaders. And if you're interested in those, you can contact me at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. You can also go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net or globalbusinesstherapy.com. And once again, Leadership Beyond Borders is a program sponsored by Global Business Therapy, SRO, and the Women's Leadership Academy 2020, which is supporting the European 2020 move for diversity on boards. So please get in touch with me about leadership training, systemic team coaching, motivational speaking, and executive coaching. And with that, once again, thank you, Jeff. It's been great having you. And our listeners, please reach out to Jeff and reach out to me at leadershipbeyondborders at Gmail. And just like every episode, I end the episode with either a leadership statement or a leadership word. And I think the leadership word for today was said and by Jeff, and the leadership word today is courage. Thank you and tune in again next week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.